All right, so just in case you guys are tuning in for the first time, or in case you've forgotten, I'm Sam Chan. And I'm Sam Wan. And we both live in Sydney. Yep. And we're both Asian Australians. Asian Australians? Both went to the same college? We did. Um, and we're both in Sydney. We're both, and we both are first generation migrants or second, first generation migrants? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I came when I was six months old as a baby. And I came when I was six. Does that make me 0.9 or oh, 1.9? Who knows? I can't work out how the algorithm goes. <laughs> Now, the important thing is we both live in Sydney. Yes, and it's one of the highest, um, what do you call it, renting? And, yeah, so uh, tell, tell me about your residential situation in Sydney. Well, um, I've just moved again um, because it was just too far away from work. So if you don't know Sydney, Sydney is huge. It's like you've got the CBD in the centre, but, but you kind of don't live in the CBD. And then um, I work close to the CBD. But then before I was working in Parramatta, which is another central business district in Sydney, which is around, what, 20, 25 kilometres. So every day I was driving 20, 25 kilometres to work, which was on a good day, 30 to 40 minutes. On a bad day, you could reach an hour getting into work and back. And so... I've decided, you know what, I, I can't live there anymore and I've moved into Walleye Creek, which is just 15 minutes from work. Wow. Because here's the crazy thing about Sydney. It's in the, the housing prices. It's crazy. Are sky high. Yeah, uh, yeah. What are they, like top three in the world? Yeah, something like top that. Top three in the planet. Yeah, top yeah, three yeah. in the solar system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's impossible to both either own or rent. Yeah. And so every person living in Sydney, unless you're born into a house yes. with, with family yes. and parents who yes. give you a head start, yeah. you've got very few options. You either live three hours from work and yes. get up at four or five in the morning and commute yeah. all the way in, uh, or you pay insane prices. Well, that's what my dad did, you know. It took my dad, my dad moved, my parents and I moved over in the late 90s. And it took us maybe 10 years before we could buy. And because back then, I think we thought, it's okay, we're not going to buy yet. We're just going to hold on a bit. But then house prices soared up and we couldn't afford anything. And so we, in the end, we finally, my dad uh, could afford to buy a uh, unit. And he works in North Ride. And so he wakes up at four in the morning, beats the traffic, gets to work at around 5.30, has his breakfast, starts work at six, leaves work at around three to get back home by four o'clock. So here's the crazy thing about Sydney. It creates a big divide between the haves and the have-nots. So I work for City Bible Forum, and when we used to go into the CBD before the whole COVID isolation thing, my bosses came from the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Mm. That meant they just jumped on a bus for a 10 or 20 minute ride on a bus and boom, they're into, into yeah, work. Yeah. So that means they could get up, have breakfast, have some exercise, 
jump on a bus, get to work on time. At the end of the day, they just catch a bus, go home, and they're home in 10 or 20 minutes, right? Yeah. And they're so close to work. The rest of the staff were coming from the greater western Sydney. So the outskirts, where it was like a two-hour commute. So they're getting about four, five of the latest commuting in. Mm. And if they drove... They're driving into the rising sun. Yes. And at the end of the day, they're driving back yes. out into the setting sun. Yeah, so yeah. it's actually a highly unpleasant commute. No, yeah. And it's a crowded train or it's just gridlock on the roads. And the traffic starts at three or four in the after. Well, it starts at four or five in the morning. Yeah. I see it when I travel. And it starts at three or four in the afternoon. And yeah. it's just gridlock. And even with the M4, because a toll is prohibitively expensive, mm. everyone's still taking Parramatta Road. Yes. And it's gridlock yeah, on yeah, Parramatta Road. Yeah. This is why I had to buy a motorbike two years ago, not just, got lo- not just because I love danger <laughs> and I embrace risk, but I thought, I've got a lane filter. I've, I've got to be one of those annoying yeah. motorcyclers who just cuts in between yeah, cars. Yeah. Otherwise, you're seeing a set of lights go green, red, green, red, green, red, 10 times, yeah. and you don't move. Yeah. Even though I've, I've moved extremely closer to work, it's still on a bad day, could take me 25, 30 minutes to get there. Just because some lights you hit there, and you're like, I've been sitting at this light for the last 10 minutes because it's just so bizarre. That's right. And sometimes, and the infrastructure can't cope. It can't cope when everything works well, but you just need a broken down car or a traffic light that doesn't work. And you think, oh my gosh. And and you see it happen to the other side of the freeway. Thank goodness. But you still think, oh, that's going to suck for those guys. That's going to be horrible. But back to... Back to real estate. Because I want to talk about real estate. Yeah. Because I remember before we finally bought, my wife and I, we were moving almost every two years. Mm. On the one hand, it was good. You learn how to keep things in boxes and it stopped (laughs) you from cluttering too much. But it was actually very unsettling. Just had to meet. Well, in the end, you just didn't bother meeting neighbours, hey? Because every two years you're moving. Tell me about you. I think that's the tricky thing, right? Like... You sign a contract for a particular lease and then you don't know whether the lease is going to increase, whether, you know, I work on uh, as a ministry worker and so already my pay is, my salary isn't that high. And so I'm already hitting the edge of what, what I can pay for, for, um, for leasing. And so I don't know whether or not to lease really, really far away to get to work on time. Sorry, to get uh, to, so that lease really far away. So that takes me a very long time to get to work or lease very close, but then have to pay so much to go to work. And I'm, I'm just, this is, this is, it's, it's a bit of a So nightmare. you're renting, 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 moving, 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 because you just moved, I know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're only just coming out of the cardboard boxes again. Yes, yes. What are your long-term plans? You're gonna keep on renting? Well, I don't, I don't really know, but I think that's, that's, I I don't think I'm going to earn enough to really um, start purchasing property. Yeah. So owning almost seems like this impossible dream right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's even a dream of mine. 
<laughs> so where does that place you? Like, not even just as an Asian, but even Australians all one day aspire to owning yeah. a house. But I think, what Australian can own a home in Sydney anymore? Yeah, yeah. I think at the moment, you know, being being in my late 20s, I'm I'm still a little bit... No, that's okay. That's life. But then I really, I'm really scared about when I get old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I retire, like, where am I going to go? And you've got no equity because right yeah. now all your rent's dead money. Yeah. yeah. Whereas at least a mortgage means no, it's going into the equity. Yeah, yeah. One day I can sell this and move down the south coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> into retirement home. Yeah. And I'm, I'm think again, like we were saying a couple of episodes ago. I'm just living in the moment, just as in a way where Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, let tomorrow worry about itself. Um, I'm just living in the moment for better or for worse and seeing what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and it's very hard for Asian parents to understand this yes. because for them, security really is real estate. Mm. Asians, by and large, don't like renting. Mm. For them, real estate really is something yeah. that's stable. It can survive depressions and world wars. Yeah. So yeah. when they see their Asian son yes. renting, yes. that unsettles them, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I think I've had many conversations with my parents Um just about my my choice life choices as well as as someone working in ministry sorry working in um full-time paid ministry for a church you know that's that's perhaps that's going to be the reality one day unless i get two jobs or two and a half jobs like and unless i move somewhere else where um house prices are cheaper but i was talking to a friend like who asked me, are you going to move out of Sydney? Like, but then I thought, well, all my support network is in Sydney. And all my, unless there is a major, something major that's going to push me to go out of Sydney, I don't think I would. You know? And this is the price we pay in Sydney for becoming a world city. Because I yeah. can't imagine anyone being on own in London New York or San Francisco anymore. So your choice really is if I'm going to be in Sydney, it yeah. has to be I'm going to have to rent. There's no yeah. way I can buy into this market. That's right. That's right. Unless yeah. I live three hours away. Yeah, that's right. But it, it does make, you know, difficulties. I've, I've realised when I used to live in a house, uh, renting a, a villa, a house, I was able to do hospitality with my neighbours so much more. Now, living in an apartment, it's like I don't even know <laughs> anyone. I know there's a New Zealander somewhere in a couple of doors down because I've met them on the, in, the, in the lift. But um, I don't know anyone anymore. And it's so hard trying to break those boundaries. Yeah, so owning a house in Sydney isn't just about security no it's actually just what works i mean stability yeah yeah predictability yeah and apartments are horrible things to live in i, yeah. I used to have to live in apartments because you've got the whole strata body corporate yeah, thing going that's right, on that's right and you got this whole funny thing where we're all jam-packed together but none of us know each other yeah yeah and when you jump in a lift everyone's just hoping 
that the door closes yeah, before yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they hear the footsteps coming. They're heading close, 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 yeah, close because yeah, yeah. they don't want to have to share a lift with you. That's the worst thing that can I, happen. I remember just, I think yesterday, I got into the lift and the lady put on her mask <laughs> and she looked like really just dis- like just just yeah. looked down to put on her mask because she didn't want another person on the lift but um it's that principle as well right that I think you talk about that principle about confined spaces and unknown people and, the, and finite resources yeah, yeah we're yeah, all fighting yeah, over yeah. the same piece of cheese yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so um it living in a villa I, I Living in an apartment, it just just is so different, and I, I don't I'm very uneasy about it at the moment. It's it's not it's not as free. It's not as it's it feels very um, boxed in. It feels like I'm 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 not on my own land. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're you're wandering. Yeah, it's funny oh. how we do need place. Yes. I remember reading Hugh Mackay in Tender's Eyes That Drive Us. We do need a sense of place. Mm. And it took a while for the Anglos to understand this because we understand, oh, the Indigenous community, you know, for them, place is very important. But Hugh Mackay says, no, you guys have it as well. It's that feeling you have when you walk past the old family home that you grew yes. up in. It's yes. that feeling you have when you go past the old primary school. Yeah, you yeah. do have a sense of place. And maybe that's what Sydney's robbing us of right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sense of settlement and place. Yeah. I still remember being a single guy sharing an apartment with another single doctor and it was a Friday night. We had this Friday night habit where we both felt sorry because we were <laughs> lonely, single. We just sit on the balcony, listen to jazz and drink beers and feel sorry for ourselves. And he actually said to me, so what does it mean to be a Christian? Because he wasn't a Christian. He said, what does it mean? I said, well, you know how right now you and I get kicked out of our rental property every year and we have to move (laughs) and move and move and move and we're not settled. I said, being a Christian means finding your home in God. Mm. that finally I'm settled, I'm where I'm meant to be. And that's why God talks about being settled and the promised land and rest being a key Mm. metaphor for what it means to know God. Yeah, I'm just looking at Abraham at the moment and that, you know, in, in the book, in the New Testament book, looking at Abraham, the book of Hebrews, and how Abraham left his home, uh, to go to a better place knowing that that's going to be home. And I feel like that's that's kind of like us. Not in terms of Sydney, <laughs> in a way in terms of Sydney, but in our lives, we are just transient in a way. We're, we're just wanderers on this earth. We're going to get to a place sooner or later. And there's that, there's that nagging feeling inside of us that we, we tr- don't truly belong. Yeah. I, I it, it's fascinating. Like I used to live in the United States for five years, and someone had broke down baseball that you'd be in a home base, right? And then you go, you know, first base, second base, third base, but you're actually trying to come back home. Mm. And because the, the the you know Western settlement of the United States, these are all people away from home. So home mm. was this. There was a longing right. for home all right. the time. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think I do long for home. And I, and being a migrant, I, I don't know what home is. Because um, even having moved out, my parents' place isn't home. No. My current place isn't home. No, definitely not. No. Um, before that, college, I was at three years at college, but I don't think I can call that home. No. So what is, it's, it's strange being a migrant and trying to find a centre, trying to find a home that I can return to. And returning back to Hong Kong, I don't find that as home either, um, even though my, my relatives are there. So it's just, you know, missionary kids, you know, have no strong sense of home. Yes. You know, their parents might be from Australia. Yeah. They might have, their parents might have had a ministry in Taiwan, but they themselves are no particular mm. physical home. Mm. But then they gravitate towards other third culture kids mm. and they find a home with each other. So maybe yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Travellers find yeah. a home with other travellers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's home perhaps turns from being a place to a community. Um, and knowing there's a final destination and that yeah, will be home. Yeah. And I guess it's it's like what we were talking about like a couple of week, episodes ago, um, that why do we always go back to um, church uh, on a Sunday, even in COVID times, uh, when we could just replay it on a Monday night, you know, perhaps that's, that's, that's home or that's a glimpse of home that we always want to return to. Yeah, home base. Home base, home base, or a, a glimpse of true home um, that, yeah, I like that home base. You know, on a Monday we, we hit the ball and we go out to, you know, first base Monday and then on Wednesday we're on second base, on Friday we're on third base and then on, on Sunday we're sprinting back home. Well, I hear something that's going to blow you away. Like, right. And I know this is really late to bring this in. Right. But Andy Crouch, Structure of Storytelling, right. analyzes Johann Sebastian Bach's Prelude Number no. 1. Right. It begins on a little C chord, a C major chord, and that's home. And the melody takes you further and further away from that C chord, ending in dissonance. And, and then you think, oh, I'm lost. I'm in the wilderness. So there's this longing to come back to the C major chord. But when Bach finally takes you back to the C major chord, it's a bigger, richer, stronger version than the original C major chord you began with. There you go. And so we do begin with a home. Yeah. But that's why, but we shouldn't keep looking for the same home. That's why you shouldn't go back to your primary school and your high school. Yeah. What you're looking for is no longer there. Yeah. You're on a journey. It will take you to a place of dissonance and unrest, but ultimately your longing is not for the original home, but for a new, better, stronger version of home than where you began.
and it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings, isn't it? It is. You begin in Hobbiton. Yeah. You go. It's it's isn't isn't it? Oh, the the story of the Hobbit is there and back again, isn't it? The Hobbit, there and back again, as a subtitle. But the Lord of the Rings is a story of starting from Hobbiton, going off on a journey, returning home. But even Hobbiton isn't enough. No. Because they have to go on that ship and sail off towards the true home. And which is interesting, the Bible begins with home in the Garden of Eden, but it ends with a stronger, richer, better version, mm. the new Jerusalem, mm. the heavenly mm. city. Mm. We don't end back in the Garden of Eden. Mm. Where, in a way, it is, it is a garden again, where there are trees and there's rivers. And um, it's just this beautiful image of the garden having been recreated as the whole world and so we dwell again in a richer much fuller version of the garden itself it's like c.s lewis right where he talks about that um, everything we see here is kind of just like like a shadow of what is real and um, one day when we really see, if we love things that are here, then we're actually gonna really, really love eternity because shadows only point towards a greater reality. So maybe it's good that you're stuck <laughs> renting in Sydney for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because wouldn't it be horrible to buy settle down and be in the same place yeah. for the rest of your well, life. Well, what about you? You've just bought a place. I is have. that is that a what would you call it? Is that does that deter you away from wandering as identity as a wanderer? I think there's a wanderer in all of us. <laughs> well, definitely you. Yeah. <laughs>